welcome to the Rediscovery Podcast. I'm your host, Bernice. I make this podcast to celebrate the journey of discovery and learning, and to share the stories of those who we can all be learning from. This week, we have something a little bit different for you on the podcast. I had the privilege of uh, teaching and opening the word, the scripture, and, and offering the message for the Janaden Hutton Moravian Church this past weekend, and so this is actually a recording of the teaching that I did for them. It is on Matthew 22, uh, the story where the Pharisees and the Herodians come before Jesus and they ask, should we pay our taxes? Uh, and it kind of seems like, well, why the heck did you teach on this? But it's a very timely text. It's a very timely conversation that we had about allegiance and identity and who do we really belong to? I really hope that you enjoy this message, that you enjoy the conversation that I was able to have with the congregation down at Janine and Hutton. It was a privilege to get to worship with them. And if you're interested in joining us again, uh, I will be there again uh, a few times actually over the month of November. I am um, able to offer the message for the shared ministry down in Janine and Hutton, Eurexville, and Fries Valley. So if you're interested in joining us, reach out and we'll get you all the information that you need. That being said, we'll jump right in and explore this text in the book of Matthew. I hope that it's helpful for you in the same way that it was helpful for me as I studied it. privilege to be able to be here with you guys. Thank you so much for welcoming us. Um, if you haven't already met my family, my husband Eli is here with me uh, and our son Micaiah and daughter Judith. We call them Kai and Jude. Um, so yes, thank you so much for letting us come and worship with you this morning. We live in Sugar Creek, uh, but at the end of this year we are moving to Oregon. So. It is a special privilege to us, I think, that these next couple of weeks we get to worship with you uh, and, st- and open the word with you. Uh, we actually, we got connected to the shared ministry of Jadaden Hutton and Fries and Yorksville through the Fries Valley congregation. Uh, so we had been down there a couple times last summer and uh, just really loved the people. And so when Pastor Dave called me and asked me if I would be willing to participate in this ministry cohort. I said, are you kidding me? You would let me do this? Um, so it really it really is a privilege to be here with you guys. Uh, so yeah, let's jump into the text. We're going to be in Matthew 22, uh, verses 15 through 22. And I'll just start by reading it. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? So just jumping right in, let's figure out who these people are, who the characters are. We see the Pharisees right off the bat. 
And I, I think many of us, if we've been in church for any length of time, we've heard about who the Pharisees are. And I think that I had this idea that there was the good guys and the bad guys. And Jesus was the good guy and the disciples, they were the good guys. But the Pharisees, they're the bad guys. They're like the anti-Jesus. Um, but actually, the Pharisees were almost a denomination within Judaism. So they have a certain set of beliefs and practices. And you can kind of think of them the same way we think of like Protestants and Catholics all being Christian. Uh, Pharisees were a denomination of Judaism, the same way as we are a denomination of Christianity. So we see the Pharisees and then we see the Herodians. So the Herodians are followers and supporters of Herod. So Herod is the king of Judea and he was appointed by the Roman government. And we're gonna come back to that later because that's fairly important for this story. It helps us understand why exactly these people are there. And then we see that Jesus is present too. So uh, we're actually gonna jump back a little bit and we're gonna look in Matthew 21 to kind of give ourselves an idea of the setting for this encounter, this story. So in Matthew 21 verses 45 and 46, we read that when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they knew he was speaking about them. Although they were looking for a way to arrest him, they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. So this encounter that we're reading about takes place in the week between Palm Sunday and the triumphal entry and Christ's crucifixion on Good Friday. So we see that Jesus is really kind of ramping up the intensity of his ministry this week. So that's what we, we just read, where it said the Pharisees, they were trying to find a way to uh, get him arrested. But the people, the Jewish people, really loved Jesus. They thought he was a prophet. And so the Pharisees and the religious leaders didn't want to arrest Jesus without due cause or the perception of due cause because they didn't want the people to revolt against their leadership. So what they're trying to do in this story is they're trying to trap Jesus. And if they can get him to say one of two things, they feel like they'll really win. So if they can get Jesus to say something that will cause the Jewish people to turn on him, that's a win. Or if they can get some, Jesus to say something that will cause the Roman authorities to arrest him, either way, whatever it takes, they're happy to make it happen. So when they come to Jesus in this encounter, they're asking him this question, do you think that we should pay the tax to Caesar or not? That's a really good question because it it really does pretty effectively put Jesus in a box where he's going to alienate uh, one of those two groups. He's going to make one of those two groups turn against him, they think. If he says, yeah, of course, pay the tax, then all of the Jewish people are going to resent him and say, oh, you're not one of us. You're just a Roman sympathizer. You're just trying to get power. You're, you don't speak for us real, like, regular, normal Jewish people. No way. But if he says, no way, don't pay the tax, why would you do that? Well, the Romans are going to arrest him and say, you're causing trouble and telling everyone not to pay their taxes. That's illegal. So it says in the text, but Jesus, 
knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And he asked them, Whose image is this? And whose inscription? So Jesus, knowing their evil intent, recognizes what they're trying to do. They're trying to trick him into saying something they can use. So he responds, why are you testing me, hypocrites? Whose image is on here? What does it say? Now, I don't know how many of us have ever seen a Roman coin in person, but I can describe it to you because I looked it up on Google. <laughs> uh, it's just the profile of Caesar Augustus. It's Caesar Augustus' face um, and the words Caesar Augustus written on it. And yes, I know that we're in the midst of a national coin shortage, but I'm sure that you can picture what our coins look like too. I think of a quarter it has George Washington's profile. It says the United States of America. It has all this other um, American imagery. Um, I, I'm pretty sure the quarter has E Pluribus Unum, which is the American motto. Um, it says Department of the Treasury. All these distinctly American identifiers, even like the cool quarters that they made for a while, that it's all the different national parks or different state icons. Those are all things that are distinctly American so that we can recognize that it's American currency. Now, did you know that it's illegal to damage money? Actually, anyone who alters, defaces, mutilates, impairs, diminishes, falsifies, scales, or lightens coins, or mutilates, cuts, defaces, disfigures, perforates, or unites, or cements together, or does any other thing to any cash note, can be fined or imprisoned. But why is it illegal to damage or alter money? Really, it's because it doesn't belong to you. Sure, yes, the money is yours, but the bill itself, the coin, the materials, those belong to the government. So Jesus says, look at it. What does it look like? What does it say? Who does it really belong to? And he asked them, whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's they reply. And he said to them, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. And when they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and they went away. Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. Now, right away, they accept this. The Pharisees and the Herodians, they're like, oh, yeah, okay, that's right, okay. And they move on. That's how the story, like, what? How, how come they're just so on board with this? And what are the things that are God's? If we're supposed to give to Caesar what is Caesar's, which it sounds like Jesus is saying, give the coin to Caesar. It has Caesar's image on it. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what is God's. What has the image of God on it? We do. You do. You bear the image of God. I bear the image of God. People, humans, we bear the image of God. And 
the people who Jesus was speaking to would have actually had a very special relationship with this idea. They were Jewish, and when they first heard Jesus say this, they believed that they were God's chosen nation. That is the story of the Jewish people. They knew that they belonged to God. So give to God what is God's? Well, that's for them. When they heard that, they said, oh, well, I belong to God. That's me. I am God's chosen people. I belong to God. But it's tricky because we look at these people. We look at the Pharisees and we look at the Herodians. We look at the Jewish people in the story and we see they're not giving themselves to God. They're standing right in front of Jesus and they're trying to trap him. They're not giving themselves to him. They don't recognize him as the son of God, the son of man that he calls himself. They're standing right in front of, right in front of God incarnate. And they're trying to trick him into saying something they can use for their own purposes. They're not giving themselves to him. And we do the same thing, don't we? Especially now, we find ourselves torn between this dollar, this American ideal, this a career, whatever this thing in our life might be that, that we're trying to give ourselves to that. We find ourselves torn between the system and God. And could it be that Jesus is speaking to us the same way that he spoke to them? Then he said, now give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. But is it possible that today he says to us, give unto America what is America's? Give unto your career what belongs to your career. Give unto your financial portfolio what belongs to your financial portfolio. Don't give it what it doesn't deserve. Don't give it your allegiance. Don't give it your wholehearted love. Give it what it deserves. Give it what belongs to it. But don't give it yourself. Jesus didn't tell the crowd that day to give Caesar their allegiance or their hopes for the future or their adoration. He said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. The Roman coin bore Caesar's name and face. The dollar bill, the coins in your pocket, they don't have Caesar Augustus printed on the front, on the front but they do belong to a government and to a system that rules over you. Give unto that system what belongs to that system. But Jesus' instruction is unchanged, and now we are the ones being confronted. So give back to God what is God's. And what is that? What bears God's name? What has his image? Christian, you do. We do. And we can actually, let's just jump back, way, way, way back to Genesis and kind of look at some of the roots of this idea that we bear the image of God. Let's see where that starts. I'm going to read from Genesis 1. It said, Then God said, 
let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness. That's where it starts, that humans are made in the image of God. We call this belief the Imago Dei. But what does that mean? It's not about what we do. It's about what we are, who we are, whose we are. Being made in the image of God means that we have special inherent value distinct from the rest of creation. This is true of all humankind, not just Christians, and we are all equal in dignity, value, and worth. But then, jumping into the New Testament, we can take it even further. I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, and I'm going to read it from the message translation because I think it clearly communicates what the text is trying to say. When God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. We're free of it. All of us, nothing between us and God. Our faces shining with the brightness of his face. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. And I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 4, 22 through 24, which is this. Now take off your former way of life, that old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness, in God's image, in righteousness and purity of truth. So not only are we made in the image of God, but in Christ, we are being further transformed to be more and more like God, to be more and more like Christ. So what did Jesus say to them? He said, give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what is God's. And since we believe today that the word is living and active, then what is it that Jesus is saying to us? Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and give back to God what belongs to God. Brothers and sisters, you have God written all over you. In the same way that the Roman coin is clearly stamped, in the same way that our currency is clearly stamped, Caesar Augustus, United States of America, you are clearly stamped. You are clearly bearers of the image of God. So give yourself back to God. Be continually transformed and renewed to look more and more like the person of Jesus in the way that you live, in the way that you think, in the way that you carry yourself through the world. Don't give yourself away to Caesar or to America or to your career, your education, your financial portfolio, anything else that's trying to claim you for its own. Don't give yourself away to that. You belong to God. You bear the name of God the image of God, and very importantly, you are loved by God. <clears throat> Country, career, education, those things don't love you as much as they use you. But the God who made you in his image 
loves you. Rest in your belovedness. Thank you.